0: Hi everybody, this is Stephanie Rupert. Thank you for tuning in to the Meaning of Everything podcast where we take a deeper look at what it means to to be human because it's important. So today is episode number 14X and I'm going to be talking about the way our idea of human nature in the West has changed over time. It's exciting, right? I don't know, it's kind of exciting. Um, It's something I think about all the time. I'm more than happy to share about it. I will try to make what I'm talking about. I am trying to make everything that I talk about, by the way, as sexy as possible. So hopefully it will not be altogether too boring for you. Um, This will be a short episode. I will try to keep my talking. I always try to keep my talking to 17 minutes, between 17 and 22 minutes. You can let me know on Instagram or Facebook. I'm at Stephanie Rupert. You can see how to spell my name in the title and notes for the podcast. Uh, at Stephanie Rupert, you can let me know uh, feedback that you have for anything having to do with the podcast on Instagram, Facebook, on my website, contact form, all the stuff. Please do chatter at me. Please do get at me. I want to know what you think. Uh, I have a winner to announce very briefly. Uh, her name is Caroline Jackson, and she has won the drawing because she wrote a review for the podcast. And I am thanking people who write reviews of the podcast, which by the way, takes about six seconds, could take about six seconds. All you have to do is be like, hey, this is nice. Five stars, one star, your opinion. And, you know, I won't tell you what to say, <laughs> five stars. Um, anyway, for people who write reviews of the podcast, I like to say thanks. And so I enter you into a drawing to give away a book that's on my personal library shelf. I usually do not give out my own copies. I mean, I could actually. Uh, If you really want one of my own copies, I could give you mine and then I'll just buy a new one. I am more than happy and excited to do this. I'm very excited for Caroline. I'll have already emailed her. She gets to pick a book off of a list of several books that I have listed on my website at stephanierupert.com slash book giveaway. And the only thing she had to do was take a screenshot of her review as she was writing it and email it to me at tmoeverything at gmail.com. And now she has a copy of, will have a copy of one of these delightful books, Infinite Jest or something. It's a great novel. I do recommend it. And you can check out the list of books just to see what I recommend anyway at stephanierupercom slash giveaway if you want to. Uh, so yes, human nature is on the table for discussion today. This is a very fascinating question. In episode 14 of the podcast, the one I aired just a few days ago, I talked with a scholar of human nature and technology named Joe Fisher. And one of the things he talked about a lot was How powerful this idea of human nature is. You know, we we don't spend a lot of time talking about it actively in the public sphere, which I find totally annoying, because to me it's very important. But our idea of what it means to be human is sort of central to everything that we do as individuals and as different groups, as religions, as church communities, as nations. Our ideas of what our existence is constituted by, uh, what Uh, what gives us meaning, what we're here for, all that sort of stuff factors into human nature, what we're made out of, and has really big implications for how we live our lives, how we feel about our lives, and all that sort of stuff. So I think it's going to be kind of interesting. The idea of human nature is very fluid and has changed a lot throughout time, of course, as culture has changed. And so I thought it could be interesting to sort of see the history of, of this thinking in the West specifically, Uh, So we can all sort of get an idea of of where how much our humanity, quote unquote humanity, has changed over time and where our current suppositions come from. Um, So I'm going to start way back in what we might call pre-agricultural times. Now, this is before humans, quote unquote, invented or discovered agriculture about 10,000 years ago. Before then, we tended to live mostly in tribes and hunter-gatherer tribes, which means that we weren't often sitting in one place. Now, this is one thing that's a really big piece of who we are as a species that we never think about. But humans used to be constantly on the move, constantly reevaluating new environments, living, of course, in the wilderness or what we would today think of as wilderness back then. constantly in very close contact with the land and usually confined again to our particular groups our particular narratives there might have been alliances with different tribes and what have you but generally speaking this this is who we were and what we did and the religion that we enacted tended to be pretty what we would nowadays call animistic tended to be pretty polytheistic nowadays we would call it that um, which basically means we, there was a lot of spirituality many different spirits many different kinds of gods and they were all located in the natural world because that was the world we had that was the world we lived in and there are many really fascinating ways of being spiritual in this sense or having an idea of what humans are Um, for example There is a tribe in the Amazon that thinks of humans as fluid with other animals. You can become birds, for example. And it's very hard for us to understand, as scholars in the West, whether people mean this literally or metaphorically. Uh, But it's definitely a very real thing, this sort of interactional, fluid kinds of ways that we were very much a part of the natural world. And 10,000 years ago is a really long time. But in terms of the universe, it's also a very short amount of time. It was very short short time ago that, that we had these more um, tribalistic, more nature-centric spiritualities. Now, after we invented humans, invented, discovered agriculture, society changed massively. And if you want to learn about all those massive changes, I highly recommend uh, Jared Diamond's Guns, Germs, and Steel. I'll link to it in the show notes. I'm going to write that down really quickly. Um guns, germs, and steel. Uh, that's that's a great book for reading about this, or you could read Sapiens, um, which has been very trendy recently. And that's that's a lovely look at history too, although a little bit less intellectually rigorous than Jared Diamond's work. Or the book, at least, not their personal work, but the book and how it presents itself. So after the advent of agriculture, people became very settled. Private property became a really big deal, and societies started to like there was population growth and the growth of cities and cosmopolitan centers and there's a scholar of religion his name is robert bella and he had this i has this idea called the axial age which basically says that in all religions all areas of the world basically these mainline religions that we still have with us today developed buddhism hinduism christianity judaism what have you if at different points in time, but they were all sort of reactions to this change in our culture. And we tended to, now, of course, this is not the case in Hinduism, although it could be argued, um, tended to, at this point in time, become monotheistic, right? We developed a more singular way of relating um, to a godhead. And And we also had to develop ideas that encompassed not just our communities but the ones that we now know were our neighbors and we needed to develop ways of living alongside one another and still having a, a religious figure in our lives and so this is part of why monotheism developed and also the ways in which our thinking and writing and technology that had a really big impact on the way we thought about gods and the like as well but at this point in time humans we became much more sedentary as a species, you know, and stratified as cultures. Because then once we had private property and farms, we developed stratification between ruling classes and laborers and different kinds of uh, things that functions that you could perform in a society. And so this really, really radically changed who we are globally. This, this agricultural revolution and, um, and then, of course, in the West, we move into what happens coming through all of these changes over the course of again thousands of years, is the development of Abrahamic traditions, and specifically Christianity and later Islam, which became very dominant. But here in um, the states and in Europe, Christianity uh, has has predominated, and this conception of the human became very much wrapped up in this relationship with the Godhead figure and the power, the political power that became embroiled in the development of these religions, because political power, power, doesn't leave anything at any point in time, period. Just understand that as humans, power is everywhere. And we, One way that we became sort of yoked to this tradition was in our understanding of ourselves as deeply flawed sinners and attempting, you know, finding salvation in this idea that we can be redeemed from sin and from death in the remediation of relationship with Christ, of belief often, or sometimes throughout the history of doing good works right? But this idea of belief becomes really central, central to who we are as a human. And I would argue in large part, because that's a great way for a church or a religious institution to rope you into its power, you know, into its hierarchy is to tell you that you have to believe in them, right? That's, that's just, that's kind of a thing. And this isn't to say that faith is, is invalid because of that, or any kinds of beliefs are necessarily invalid because of that. There are ways that you can work around that, you know, very, Um, subtle and intellectually complex ways to work around that. But basically I am definitely of the firm opinion that, that that power matters. But what it did was it turned us into a society a very stratified society of people who thought of themselves as really bad, you know, and this ended up having tons of effects on our society specifically with respect to our love and our families and our relationships and our sex lives right? We do a lot of repression, a lot of hating our bodies. And also in our relationship with these, um, with this God, we developed this way of thinking about ourselves. And this goes back to Plato, right? Actually, Christian ideas are built on top of Greek philosophy, and specifically very early on, back then, Plato's philosophy and Neo, what we call Neoplatonism, and we see ourselves as material, materially embedded people with, the, with bodies that we need to escape and the God is out there, you know, up there in heaven and we want to transcend to them and the way that we can do that is with our mind and our spirit, which is separate from our bodies. And so we become dualists in this sense, right? We have these souls and we are identified with these souls, but we are trapped in these bodies. And that sort of constitutes how we think of ourselves as human beings for about the next 1500 years after Christ and his death and perhaps resurrection. Uh, and so, um, and then that coming into, say, about the 1600s, 1500s, 1600s, stays pretty much the same. Now we start to question this and to morph it a little bit. During the Enlightenment, when we embrace sort of on the basis of conducting rational and then scientific investigations into the natural world, and also as the Reformation happened, now this was when Protestantism arose, right? And people began questioning the church, that we tended to, as a result of both of these things, take our reason and our belief and our ideas inside of ourselves. Something that we need to know, something that we need to understand is that throughout this history, our ideas of who we are as a human come down to us because the vast majority of humans were illiterate, you know, come down to us from the church. We take these ideas, but now moving into the modern period people are being able to read people are being able to think a little bit more for themselves and we become more individualized and we become more interested in the ideas of our own reasoning faculties and we come we become more interested in the sciences and then we start making progress we start developing technologies and we get really excited about the Future, We become really positive, and the Enlightenment is just like a giant party, and of course there's the French Revolution, and it's all terrible, and um, way too many people died because of power, again. Uh, But, generally speaking, this was a period of great optimism for the human species. Uh, Despite the fact that we had historically thought of ourselves as sinners, we were moving away from these ideas, we were questioning them. And then Darwin comes along and teaches us that we're all apes. And all of a sudden, we are no longer these created beings in the dominant academic discourse, of course. Many people disagree with this, but um, Darwin comes along, teaches us that we're apes, and then we're fully animal apes. And fully natural and that just stripped the divinity right out of public discourse right out of academic discourse and created the split which i have talked about in in a few episodes of this podcast i'm thinking specifically of episode 4x um this split then happens between people who want to like really hold on to the fundamentals of christian dogma and belief and i say these words not pejoratively like Christian ideas, and become fundamentalists. And then some people still continue to try to make peace with these somewhat contradictory ideas of us being divinely created beings and evolved animals. And there ends up being tons and tons of scholarship conducted on trying to reconcile those two ideas. And that exists a lot in what we would call liberal religion today, right? Religion that is accommodating to the sciences or tries to be accommodating to the sciences. And that's something that exists today. And I imagine that there are many people who listen to this podcast who fall into that camp in some way or another. Uh, And then of course there is the viewpoint, um, very popular in the sciences and academic and intellectual discourses today, which is that obviously we are not attached to uh, Christ or any God figure at all, but we are simply monkeys, you know, or just slightly smarter monkeys that evolved as an evolutionary accident, and we have to understand ourselves as animals. Now, I happen to be one of the people who thinks that we need to understand ourselves as animals. I think that that's really important for understanding how we function. I think that's really important for understanding our relationship with the natural world and for understanding like what we can do to help make ourselves work better. Because when we think of ourselves evolutionarily, then we can understand the forces that have made us genetically who we are or given us the potential to become certain things. And then the cultural forces that have made us who we are, like the ones that I have been um, talking about today, the problem with this viewpoint, you know, is that as you tear God out of this system You leave us hanging with with very little meaning and you leave us hanging uh, with tension between us this group, right? People who tend to think in this particularly scientific way and other groups, you know, the fundamentalist groups and, and people who are very loyal to the sciences and people who are very loyal to religion this scientific viewpoint, even if you don't personally embrace it, has had radical impacts on our society, and it has happened alongside the tragedies of the Great Wars, the World Wars at, at the beginning of the 20th century. And so these ideas of us having a being able to use science to achieve this positive and beautiful future and create a utopian humanity, which, by the way, is wrapped up with this discussion of eugenics that we had in the last podcast and you realize it just all collapses the hope the the positivity the faith in us as a species just is decimated by the fact that people who thought they were so advanced and thought that we really had it all together and were figuring it all out could take millions of people put them in labor camps and murder them right genocide and so that was a real blow to us as a species and to realizing that we really didn't have it together at all. So some people in the wake of that said like look we need to go we need to return to religion. We need our problem here, the problem that we encountered here is that we unhooked ourselves from religion. Other people say look that's not the problem. The problem is we haven't is that we are animals and we have deeply flawed traits. You know, we have deeply uh, flawed personalities and my personal view is that we need to figure out what those things are so that we can take care of them and help prevent such you know, tragedies from happening in the future. Unfortunately, everything is so chaotic and it's complex, and, and it's, it's going to be an uphill battle. You know? But anyway, as a discussion of what it means to be human, and I've been talking for 20 minutes now, so I need to go. It's changed a lot over the course of the last few hundred years, thousands of years decades, even, you know, just last week, um, these things are constantly evolving and ideas and cultures are bumping up against each other. Uh, but they matter, right? These ideas matter. Now that we have this understanding of us as apes with feelings and thoughts and almost 200 biases that are just a part of our evolved animal. Like what, you know, what do we do with that? And we experience, meaninglessness and we experience nihilism and that is a huge impact on our culture of course and we end up developing all these tensions like like I mentioned and so in today's world now we're looking at human nature and saying are we going to genetically engineer ourselves you know what, what are we what are we going to do about it are we going to try to preserve a particular idea of what it means to be human or are we going to continue are we going to dare to change that intentionally are we going to try to change that very carefully because we learned, again, in the world wars that we like really don't have our shit together nearly as much as we think we do as a species. So what are, what are we gonna do about it going forward? And are we going to be really inflexible about how we think about the human? Or are we going to listen to these historical ideas and other voices in our world and community and hold the space for them and be informed by them and be open to changing our ideas? or lessen our attachment to it whatsoever. Because like I said in the podcast with Joe earlier this week, if there is one thing that we can say that is fundamental to human nature, it's that it changes. It has changed with technology, it has changed with economics, it has changed with history, it has changed so much over the course of the last several thousand years. And so we need to accept the fact that we are always in flux, And then, you know, move forward, taking care of that for ourselves. So I'm going to stop talking now. I hope that wasn't too much. Uh, Please let me know what you think. Again, I would be more than happy to get even uh, negative reviews. Of course, I just want to hear what you think. So um, this has been The Meaning of Everything, episode 14X. You can find me at stephanieruper.com, at ruber on Instagram and Facebook. I would be so happy, of course, if you joined me there no pressure. If not, I will be back uh, next week with episode 15 and 15 X and they continue, the guests continue to be amazing. I am super excited about uh, the next few weeks ahead. So um, stay tuned, uh, subscribe and like, and all the stuff. And I will catch you next week. Take care.